welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on AsylumFantasySports.com and the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, Rick. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back to the Asylum, and uh, I'm kind of in new territory here with a new mic, and I'm not sure what's going on here, but... uh, I don't know. Cole's on vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's if crazy. you listen on Blog Talk, thank you. But I don't know if it was our equipment or Blog Talk. S the bet again. Um, I know which way I'm going to guess it went, Rick, but I won't cast aspersions. So, listening to a pre recorded version. So, I, I won't give you the phone number to call into tonight. But you can hit us up on Twitter at Asylum Football. Exactly. Drop us a line, asylumfootball at gmail.com, asylumfantasysports at gmail.com. And it is, if you haven't had your draft, it is definitely draft week. And, Rick, we've had our draft in our, what we call our League of Consequence, and that's going to be yeah, a heavy target or topic for tonight. Yeah. Pretty good. Well, for most guys, not so much for me. You, you all right there? Oh, yeah. You I'm would, just uh, experimenting here. All right. Experimenting. You want, you want to restart to get you, get you comfortable there? Yeah, how's that? That's actually better. Okay. That's, you're, you're smarter than you look. Yeah. I'll give you that. Rick doing some uh, some fancy engineering here. You may oh, listen up. Is it going to? Oh, it didn't come through. I was hoping you'd hear Roger Goodell come through to tell me I am on the clock in oh. the Dewey Melon Ball draft that I'm currently doing right now, Rick. So I'm going to think about this. You go ahead and uh, pad for me. Okay. Uh, like I said, last Friday in our League of Consequence, we had our uh, draft. Always a tough one. But... Um, you know, it was pretty good, and we're going to be covering it, but we're going to cover some other stuff first. And, I, and I'll tell you what, the first thing I want to cover is what in the world are the Buffalo Bills thinking? That, that's insanity. I could not believe it. So much hype, you know, building up going into this year. You know, of course, they picked up McCoy, and then Sexy Rexy comes over and so forth. But everything else aside, reports are out that McCoy – is likely maybe not even to be playing in week one. Right, he's so banged up. So the thing we do is we cut Fred Jackson the week before the season starts. Now here's a 10-year veteran who's not only been with the team for 10 years. Right, huge fan favorite. He is a huge fan favorite. He's Mr. Buffalo. He's a great guy. He's a great teammate. And all that aside, he's a producer. Right. He has done nothing but produce in Buffalo for 10 years. So, even though he's a little long in the tooth, you have a banged-up LaShawn McCoy, let's dump him. Right. Yeah, I, I don't get it. And, and if you look at, you know, I, you can't, you're hard-pressed to say it's performance-based. He's been banged up in camp as well. Every running back in Buffalo has been banged up thus far this training camp. Look, the 85 Bears, they are not. But if you saw what he did on the very first time he touched the ball against the first-team Steelers defense in the third preseason game, All right. can't take a lot from a preseason game, but it's first team. He's still got quicks. He's still a solid runner, just a solid, yeah. great number two back. And this is a team that, that supposedly prides himself on old-school, you know, smash-mouth football. Right. Especially as, you know, bringing Rex Ryan in. Who, do you know, who would not want a Fred Jackson – and he knows his role there. Right. And, and it, it makes no sense to me. And quickly and wisely snapped up by the Seattle Seahawks. Now, wisely for the Seahawks, if you're Fred Jackson, why? There had to be 15 teams beating down his door. Now, this is fantasy kvetching here now, mind you. And for yeah. an NFL standpoint, maybe it's, hey, I'm going to go get me a ring. Well, but for my fantasy team, there could not have been a worse place for that man to go. Well, that's the thing. But you're asking why for Fred Jackson. Well, because Fred Jackson maybe wants to go to the Super Bowl and not win you a title. Well, yeah, that's, maybe that's why they cut him because he's a selfish prick. Exactly, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But if, if you'd have told me to list in order 1 to 32 the teams he would end up with, Seattle would have been about 28 or thereafter. That, that, that move stunned me. I guess it makes sense for him 
trying to get a Super Bowl ring. But he's not going to see the field, Rick. Very, very little. Yeah, I couldn't imagine him seeing much action. And I can see Dallas going after I, him. That was the first name. that Dallas and Arizona. Every Arizona? time a running back becomes available, those two teams pop into your head. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, Arizona went out and t- t- grabbed Chris Johnson. We haven't heard much coming out uh, of camp there. Yeah, he had that hamstring and hasn't really participated. Exactly. Oh, I'm back on the clock. Oh, Rick. boy, isn't that nice? I think it's about time. I need to get me a quarterback, I think. Well, I think you're in, what, the 11th or 12th round? 12th round Cutler, Flacco, Palmer, Bridgewater, Foles, Kaepernick. You know what? Bridgewater or Bradford, Rick? I'm really starting to buy into Bradford. I just worry about his injury. Oh, to me, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Are we buying in too deep on Teddy Bridgewater? Well, for, for a QB1, yeah, which right. that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I'm looking for, for a QB1. But I certainly wouldn't want uh, Bradford either. To me, I'd grab a Cutler or a Flacco if I had to get a, a QB1 you in, in your position. All right, I'll take Cutler. Why not? No, I can't take Jay Cutler. You know what, Rick? I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm taking Sam Bradford. I'll bet you. I'll bet you coming back around I can get Sam Bradford too, and I'll just run a, run a two-headed monster there. All right. I'm glad you're off the clock now. Hey, it, it's draft week. This is what we do. We draft. So Exactly. But, you know, that's, I don't know how else to really to, to – say much more about Fred Jackson. We already know everybody else has been beating that dead horse. Right. And But let's look at it from a fantasy perspective. He's, for all intents and purposes, dead from a fantasy perspective. This is a guy, you and I both, we race for him in the teens, in the rounds of every draft. You can always get him as your fourth or fifth back, and he's going to right. give you meaningful touches if you have an injury, if you have a bye week. Or I have me a lot. Boy goes down, he's probably an RB two up there. I have me a lot of Fred Jackson, right. a lot of my early lit, you know, mocks, right. and draft masters, and all this other stuff. He's you dead. Know, we, he's yeah. gone. Yeah, he's, it's a wasted it, pick. How now. much work are you going to take? Look, Turbin and Christine Michael, they got a little bit of work from Marshawn Lynch, but not enough to move the needle at all. Talk about being dead. Right. How about both of those, yeah. yeah, both of those guys who anybody who drafted early and handcuffed uh, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch. these guys, let's go ahead and hit that waiver wire because those two are dead as well. Exactly. So, so just a disaster for the Bills, one. One, B, a disaster for fantasy football. And then, two, yeah, good for you, Fred, to go get your rank. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Selfish Fred. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, the tra- Ooh, I must knock my microphone over. The Travis Kelsey injury, Rick, looks like it is not going to be too severe. Obviously going to sit out uh, training, ca- or training camp preseason game for tomorrow, which he did. And, well, anyhow. every first and right. second stringer ought to. Looks like he's going to be healthy, ready to go for week one. Still not all in, Rick, personally, on Travis Kelsey. In on him is a number one tight end. But not as this untouchable third overall tight end. Everybody has him, but everybody can breathe a sigh of relief. It looks like he'll be all right. I guess it was ugly when he came off the field, and a lot of concern he was going to miss significant time. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I love Travis Kelsey. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't. This isn't the same Kansas City Chief offense that had Tony Gonzalez. Well, no, certainly not. And we saw, I mean, he was there last year. And we saw him emerge some, but it was there wasn't that, you know, go, he's just not the go-to guy. And unless things really change dramatically, which they have to to justify this third tight end overall. Right. I mean, it really has to change drastically in the whole Kansas City game plan. Uh, here's the problem. Here's but they're what, built around Jamal Charles. Right. Here, here's what you're going to run into and what I'm have, having issues wrapping my head around is this. We're hearing Alex Smith, you know, from fan – and well, let's not talk about Alex Smith. It really He's really league dependent. But Jamal Charles is clearly a number one fantasy running back. Right. And nobody disagrees with that. <laughs> Jeremy Macklin, after a couple good preseason games, he squeezed his way up to getting himself mentioned in that vein as well in terms of wide receivers being a low-two flex type of receiver. Everybody wants to hop on that bandwagon. Now we're talking Travis Kelsey. He's the second or third best tight end in fantasy football. That offense stinks. I don't think they're good enough to facilitate three or four top fantasy producers. It's just sheerly by numbers and looking at it, 
look, Kelsey will be fine because we've got a lack of tight ends this year. In general, that the, these top ends, these classic, you mentioned Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Gronk, Jimmy Graham types, this position doesn't go as deep as it has in the past. So in there, therein lies the value for Kelsey, while you can't make a good argument that he's not going to finish somewhere in the top five or six because he almost has to by default. That being said, this fourth and fifth and sixth round draft pick you're spending on him, I think it's a throwaway pick. I think it's a wasted pick. Give me Delaney Walker in the 12th. Give me Martellus Bennett in the ninth. I'm just as happy. All these, all these offenses that have these top producers, you know, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, um, Eddie Lacy, of course we could have said, you know, Jordy Nelson, yeah. but he's gone. But Randall Cobb. Cobb. Right. Okay, you have, I mean, you can even throw in Frank Gore, T.Y. Hilton. What they have in common is a very, very, very good quarterback. Right. What Kansas City does not have is a, very, is a right. very, very good quarterback. They have an adequate quarterback that really doesn't lose you games. I mean, look, let's face facts. This is an NFL quarterback that had exactly zero touchdown throws to wide receivers last year. Right, and Travis Kelsey had five. And Jamal Charles didn't have that many right. catching, like two or three. How did they ever score? We've talked right. about this. I don't, I'm baffled by so, this. You know, how can Alex Smith step up to the plate? I mean, look, from what I've seen, Alex Smith is not Trent Green that was with the Dick Vermeil offense with, with Tony Gonzalez and so, so forth. He's certainly not, um, we mentioned Andrew Locker, Aaron Rodgers, or Ben Roethlisberger. Right. I mean, how far up does he have to step to keep all of these guys as top right. producers. It's too many miles to feed right. in terms of the offense and, to your point, the production of the quarterback. I agree. So way too much time on Travis Kelsey there, who even under the worst of circumstances is probably the fifth or sixth guy. It's just his ADP I take an issue with. Last thing before we talk caveman, Rick, and that's really what everybody wants to hear. They of want course. to talk caveman. Not – well, it, it could be. That's what I want to ask you. Fantasy impact – and we can talk NFL impact, too, of this. Robert Griffin, just soap opera down there in D.C. They want him out of there. But Dan yeah, Snyder wants doesn't. him out of there. Right, well, right. Well, when I say they, of course, the team, the coaching staff, right. per se. You know, I mean, you can say what you want about, um, you know, an owner. You know, like like if, if, if yeah, yeah. Jason Garrett, just for example, wanted Tony Romo out, and he wasn't getting along with the offensive quarter. I would say they want him out. Jerry right. Jones doesn't. I mean, that's what I'm referring to. Ownership is not going to let, for some reason, they can't realize that whatever it was that they saw in him wasn't real or he's just just doesn't have it. His attitude's horrible. Whatever the case may be, they don't see it, and they're not going to give up on him. Yeah, and and he does not get along with teammates. He does not get along with the coaching staff. He's a cancer. It, it seems to be. It really does. When these things happen, you start to hear crazy things. How the offensive line, some offensive lineman, his wife's big into hosting parties. So when camp broke, they she held the big party. And Griffin didn't get the invite, and Griffin's wife was offended by it and called his wife, and they had a blowout. And then Griffin got the invite, somehow actually showed up, and then he got the cold shoulder. Just all this drama, and then all this passive-aggressive he st- stuff he does. You hear about the, the Instagram liking anti-Redskins things on I'm blaming it on an intern. Just nonsense. The guy's got to go. To your point, he's going to be a cancer on that team. Even if he's not actively being the cancer, which I think he will be, even if he played the good soldier, he's such a distraction. He's just too high profile. He's just too Robert Griffin III standing there on the bench. So that being said, from a fantasy standpoint, when I look at Pierre Garçon, when I look at Alfred Morris, when I look at Deshaun Jackson, Kirk Cousins intrigues me, not individually as a fantasy prospect, but what he could bring to these other guys. Yeah, that being said, I agree with you about Cousins. What gets me about Griffin is there's no attempt to minimize this soap opera right. from, from Washington. 
I mean, look, we we talk about he's too high. You you said he's too high profile. I don't think there's anybody that was more high profile last year than Johnny Football. Right. Granted, he's in Cleveland, and we had the hype and everything. But, you know, he's almost basically forgotten already right yeah, now. Yeah, he's out of and our he, sight. he's starting at ground zero. The, they've never let this fire burn down with RG3. It's always, you know, anything that happens is some big story, and nothing's ever tried to minimize the impact. They, they love this publicity, I think, it, it seems to me. Dan Snyder's a troll. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. His goal has been in every season that he's owned that team is to win the offseason, to win if win March. That's what he wants to do. You can go all the way back to Deion Sanders, Bruce Smith, all these old fading Hall of Famer big names that they bring in. RG3, look, he gave up the farm to get that kid. You know, rumor has it down in D.C., Snyder personally likes him. Personally, Snyder and Griffin are friends. And so it becomes such a big circus. But we could just go on and on and on about this. But bringing in Kirk Cousins, look, the guy's terrible. I think he's got a 2-8 and eight record as a starter. Maybe it's 1-8. and eight. It, it, it ain't good, <laughs> whatever it is. That being said, the team's rallied around him. He can get the ball down the field a little bit. They brought in, they bolstered the offensive line. Supposedly, I suppose that the plan will still be a run-first offense, which they talked about, unless that's what they were catering to RG3 this year and all that talk that they were trying to keep it simple for him. That said, Rick, Pierre Garçon, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he leave the league in receptions a couple seasons ago? I know he was up there. I can't remember if he led Over 100. Not. He was yeah. damn near leading it. I think he can do that again, but when a guy play is as bad and plays as poorly as RG3, a possession receiver does you no good because he's not going to complete nine passes in a game. Kirk Cousins can go out there, complete 20 to 25 passes a game. A guy like Pierre Garçon, I think, really shoots up the board. That's a guy I've been targeting since this news came out. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. There's no question about it. But, it, you know, I'm, I'm actually tired of a lot of the – that's why I can't wait for the season to start. It's, all this stuff goes away. Because I'm, I'm sick of RG3. I'm sick of Johnny football. Right. And, and everything else. Yeah, let's just, you know, strap on the cleats and let's go. I can't wait till next Thursday night. Now, all right, one more thing. we got to get to the caveman, I know. And I'm going to step aside because you wrote a great piece for the Fantasy Greek. But, of course, as things always happen, major news happens 45 minutes after we get off the air every Wednesday. Four-game – good Lord. Suspension. Four-game suspension for our boy up here in Pittsburgh. Martavis Bryant. Just came out of nowhere. No rumblings of it, no inkling. Fantasy impact for you, Rick. Well, you know, like you said, I I did write a – piece for the fantasy greek and find it on fantasygreek.com and i think the impact is is this if you're obvious let's forget the obvious of your brian owner you know you're screwed for, the for first four weeks game. yeah <laughs> happen to be a marcus wheaton owner i think you're vaulted i think you're vaulted, in good right. shape yeah i wrote a couple other things you know we look well the steelers also lost marquise pouncey you don't have arguably the best center in football in there right now. Heath Miller may be called in to block more. True. And True. it could be PPR-wise not bad. You could see some bump and run and maybe a little dumps off, dump off to Heath Miller. But I think he's going to be called on more in blocking schemes uh, You know, on the Pittsburgh line. Wheaton. Yeah, I think I think Brown's fine. Yeah, he's yeah, going to be nothing's going to change Brown. for Antonio Brown. But it's you know you're missing Le'Veon Bell first two games, Martavis Bryant first four games. We have no idea about Ponson. Yeah, it's going to be several though. Yeah, one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best centers in the league, and an up and coming dominant you know wide receiver. Right. That you're missing. Fantasy wise, it's it's. It's tough for the Bryant owners, good for the Wheaton owners. But I think more than that, it, it's very hard for the Steelers. You know, the big hype was, well, the Steelers are playing the Patriots without Tom Brady. Well, how about the Patriots are playing the Steelers without Le'Veon Bell, Marquise Pouncey, and Martavis Bryant? Yeah. I, 
that's the big impact when you have a guy like Roethlisberger who has been screaming for a big receiver since Plaxico Burris left, and he has one who has been looking great in preseason. It really gets you excited for what this offense can do. Okay, no big deal. We were going to be without Bell for a couple games. Right. Well, now Pouncey's gone. Now Bryant's gone. Right. You know, this team isn't built on defense anymore. They need every oh, piece they're going to in have, that offense to compete, period. From what I saw Saturday against Buffalo, they're going to have to conservatively average 76 points a game to be competitive. Well, not even to win, just to stay competitive, from what I've seen. Now, it's I'm, true. I'm not a scout, but that's what right. I saw. I know. Here's what I think is going to be interesting. For four games, Rick, Marcus Wheaton's going to be a stud. This is a guy I targeted. I've been high on Wheaton from day one and, and taking a lot of a lot of mockery for it, to be quite honest. So I'm gonna be vindicated for four games. He's looked great in the preseason. Ben said what he said and said how good he was looking and how he was gonna be the guy to make the step forward this year. So I think this is gonna be Roethlisberger's time to to vault Wheaton ahead, which it's hard to think of for me. As Roth, of Roethlisberger is a 10-year grizzled veteran who can do things like this, almost all uh, Peyton Manning, who can just say, all right, it's time for me to make Marcus Wheaton a star. He's right. good enough to do that now. And he's got the sway, the sway to do that now. Yeah. Here's what I find interesting, where this may hurt Wheaton long term. Now, bear with me. This could be madness. This is going to allow Sammy Coates to get on the field. Another great point. I did mention that in the article. I, S- yeah, Sammy Coates... Another one is sort of a Martavis Bryant type. Had some issues, slipped in drafts, but really a first-round talent for, from everything I've read. I mean, I'm not a NFL talent evaluator from what I've read. Not anymore. He used to be. Right. So he's going to see a lot of the field for four games. What happens if he breaks out like Bryant did last year? Exactly. Now, are you going to hit lightning in a bottle twice? Probably not the way you did with Bryant. But let's just say, because the kid's got that kind of pedigree, so then you get Martavis Bryant back. He's instantly back in his role. He has to be. He, he's too good. Right. You saw it the second half of last year. You're seeing it in this preseason. And to every one of you guys, and it became the in-vogue thing in the offseason for all these fantasy douches out there to say, Martavis Bryant, completely overrated. Completely, yeah, keep watching. I love, I love those people. It drives, oh, it, it drives me nuts. For whatever reason, they always zero in on one or two guys. This year, it was him. It was Martavis Bryant. And in my opinion – 30 games into the preseason, you guys already all look like a-holes. You know, minus well, the suspension. You might have been right there. That'll hold his numbers down In training camp, it was the big thing, Calvin Benjamin's 30 pounds overweight, right. totally out of shape. And then you watch him go up. Of course, he blew his knee out. Yeah. But, I mean, making catches. and yeah, get, get off your yeah, high horse. Shut up. And, and that was a, a great point that you said. Do they catch lightning in a bottle? I don't know, but it's very similar Carolina and Pittsburgh. I mean, they had Bryant right. and then um, Coates. Same with them, with the, with Benjamin and Funches yeah, coming what in. What were the odds Funches Would have loved to have seen right. both of these duos go together. So what I'm afraid of, though, is a guy who's been beating the Marcus Wheaton drum, as I've been doing for months now. What I'm afraid of is we know pretty much what we're going to get out of Wheaton, I think. It, it's going to be elevated, but he's still Marcus Wheaton. If Sammy Coates comes out and sets the world on fire like Martavis Bryant did last year, then you get Bryant back. You obviously you got AB's the one, number one with a bullet. Bryant's going to slide into the number two. This gives Coates the opportunity to come in. Bully for the Steelers, great. But this could put Marcus Wheaton down to a fourth and just pummel a lot of my fantasy teams in terms of my sleeper and make me look foolish for, for beating the Marcus Wheaton drum. So as you can see, the theme for today, I look at things that are good for football teams and individuals and really bad for me. And this is something I fear. Coates could come in and actually wrestle Wheaton's job away while Marcus or Martavis Bryant's rotting on the bench. It's very possible, but then again, you know, like you said, do you catch uh, lightning in a bottle twice? Maybe not. Maybe he won't catch up. You know, let's not forget that it took Martavis Bryant to emerge till what, week eight last year? Well, he couldn't even get on the field. Something till, like yeah, that. He was inactive. Well, well exactly. You know, so it, there's no guarantee that Coach is going to come right out there and capture the offense and, and know everything. He may. Right. And, I mean, I hope he does. I mean, let's face it. They could put him – they could keep Wheaton in the slot, put him right where uh, 
uh, Bryant plays, right, and maybe not miss a whole lot. Of, a whole lot. lot. It's a possibility. Then when Bryant comes back, look out. Right. And it becomes about coach route running, which I can't really speak to. Right. Ben's going to get the ball there. Oh, exactly. The offense is good enough. He can be open. I, I just don't know his route running ability as a young player. So, But let's move off that. We're 25 minutes in, Rick. All we want to talk about is the caveman draft. Mr. Commissioner, break it down for it. I went completely off the rails in that draft. Well, Coming from a, a pair of knuckleheads that have been preaching as one of the Ten Commandments, <laughs> draft running backs early and often after, what, the first four rounds. Right. We had one running back between the two of us. Yeah, I didn't have one of them. You did not have one. of, And you picked two in the league, number two in yeah. the league. I picked ten. Right. I'm stunned that you went Antonio Brown with your first All right, let me try to defend myself. I love Antonio Brown, don't get me wrong, but Adrian Peterson went first. You passed up Jamal Charles, Le'Veon Bell, Marshawn Lynch, and Eddie Lacy. Thanks for reminding me. All right, I was in the position, driving up to the draft, I'd made a decision. And it's based on a few factors, things you probably shouldn't base (laughs) <laughs> these draft decisions on. But doing what we do, we draft a lot. Me more than you. I never say no to anybody. I just draft, 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 draft. That's all I do. I have 900 leagues to, to maintain every single year. No, but see, here's the point. You draft, 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 and then you ignore them all. That, that happens sometimes. <laughs> There's a few that slip through the cracks, I won't lie. I got less <laughs> this year. I, To be honest, I did turn a couple of down. More best balls this year where I don't have to think about it again until later. Anyhow, not not the point. For whatever reason, we've talked about it here. My entire life, I have never picked above seven. Not one time. I, it's not hyperbole. I have never in my life drafted above seven. I pulled number two in this league this year. This is the first league I found out my draft order in. Every stinking, every other league I was in, Rick, until recently in the Fantasy Greeks draft, I was lower. I was down. It was a 16-team. I think I picked 11th or something. But up until the – I drafted that uh, over the weekend. But up until that point, I have picked two or three in each and every draft. And in each and every draft, because of the suspension, Le'Veon Bell's been falling to me. That, that's great. I should be happy with that. But at some point, you start to feel like, as a guy who's in so many of these, I got all my eggs in one basket. What if he goes and gets high again? Which is, there's every possibility he does that. It was probably him that was getting high with Martavis Bryant. I probably shouldn't say that. That's hyperbole. I'm making a joke. Waka waka, everybody. Calm down. Allegedly. (laughs) Anyhow. So here's my move. I'm not. I'm just not buying into Jamal Charles, Rick. I, I don't know why. You know, I've said it. Before. I don't either. I can give you no statistical analysis on it. I just got a bad feeling about him. He's going to be good. He's going to be a number one, but I don't think he's going to live up to the hype of a number two pick. Eddie Lacy, great. I'd have loved to have had him there. I made up my mind that if the number, the guy with the number one pick took a didn't take Adrian Peterson, I was going Peterson. If he took Peterson, I was going to blow it up, and I was going to go with a no-RB strategy. I was going to see what I could put together in, in that instance. Antonio Brown, clearly a guy. Look, he won the Asylum Fantasy Football Tournament this year. Guy I clearly believe is going to end the year as the number one overall fantasy player. He is going to score the most points, save for the quarterbacks, in fantasy football this year. So I thought... I'm going to do it. If he takes Peterson, I'm going to take Antonio Brown. He took Peterson, I took Brown. So then you and I talked about, Rick, here's where things got off the rails a little bit. I said, if I take Antonio Brown, i got to commit to the bit and go two or three wide receivers right off the bat. i got to do it because as these running backs slip, it's going to create almost a false running back run in the late first, early second. Well, the value second. won't be there coming right. back for a running back right. either. right. And unfortunately, and this is where I, I fear I, I made the mistake, and we'll break it down here, I wasn't the only cat with that strategy. One person I never thought that would be on that strategy <laughs> with me was you. You did it and three or four other cats. But at this point, I was committed to the bit. I stuck with it, but we'll get into that. Go ahead and break it down further the first round. 
Okay, yeah, I was, but in my defense, I picked number 10. And, and we can run down real quick, and, and you can – I'll justify. Okay, Peterson went first. Of course, Antonio Brown, you went second. Jamal Charles, third. Marshawn Lynch, fourth. Le'Veon Bell dropped a fifth. Odell Beckham, sixth. Eddie Lacy, seven. Demarius Thomas, eight. Now, I'm sitting here right now at the 10 spot, and I'm sitting here licking my chops – I'm sitting there thinking, okay, there's no Matt Forte gone. Right, exactly. Well, number nine, Matt Forte yeah, went. That's the way it goes. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, to me, the running back value already is gone. Agreed. And so I got a coin flip. Do I want Des Bryant or do I want Julio Jones? And that was it in my mind. Those were my top three was Forte, Bryant, Jones. So I went with Des Bryant just because I just like Des Bryant and I like the touchdown potential with him. And um, that's why I went wide receiver. And then it was followed by Julio Jones and Randall Cobb to round out the first round. Randall Cobb obviously jumping up because of the Jordy Nelson injury. Then as they made the turn, the guy that took Cobb picked up Andrew Luck very quick. And the 14th pick went Gronkowski. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm not – I like DeMarco Murray, but – you know what? He doesn't thrill me as much in Philadelphia. So, Calvin Johnson was still there. It made sense to me. Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson. Tell me where I was wrong. No, you had no choice. That That's brilliant. Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson, after two. Where'd you pick out of the 10 spot? Yeah. Pure brilliance. What I was hoping mine looked like after two didn't quite work out that way. We'll okay, carry so, on. We'll get uh, there. Okay, so now I picked Calvin Johnson up, and then, then we'll work to you. A.J. Green, DeMarco Murray, T.Y. Hilton, C.J. Anderson, Jeremy Hill, Aaron Rodgers, surprisingly, LaShawn McCoy, which comes to you, which you totally shocked me with your second pick. Yeah. Now, here's where I'm at. And I don't remember if it was this show or the Fantasy Sports Network show, or I went on one of my classic 12-minute rants about not paying so much attention to ADPs that it bones you. So in this case, if I remember right, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a few adult beverages going around at that point of the evening. Right. But it was only a second round. Right. But if I remember right, I was actually starting to target LaShawn McCoy a little bit there. Not a guy you know, we've talked about I'm real comfortable with, but now we're talking about the 23rd pick. I'd feel pretty good about him there. You know, after having gone Antonio Brown, I like pairing those guys up. My hope was, with this running back run that I expected to happen, my hope was an A.J. Green, one of that type of that very, very bottom of that top tier of wide receivers was going to fall to me. That didn't happen. But the best running back available, if I remember right, was Lamar Miller. I was ready. I stood up with the intention of selecting Lamar Miller. I'm thinking it's the second round. Lamar Miller's a mid-third round type of guy. When I took Antonio Brown, I committed to the no running back bit. I committed to the wide receiver bit. So correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. I think at that point I took DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, you did. Which I'm I'm happy with it. I don't feel as good about him as I did in April, just based on the quarterback situation down there. But the kid's a stud. He had a breakout last year. Yeah, he, he wasn't is. due for the breakout. But it was kind of a risk there for me. There was safer options, i.e. Lamar Miller. If I had it to do all over again, I'd have drafted Lamar Miller there. Okay. So, now, you're talking all this Lamar Miller. So, then you went DeAndre Hopkins. Brandon Cooks round out the second round. So, now it it, um, turns in the third. And um, gentleman that picked uh, it first takes Justin Forsett. He is kind of a gentleman, which I don't care for. He doesn't fit in with that group. He's like a yeah. nice, polite guy. That has nothing to do with anything, but in case he listens to this, you know, sticks out like a sore thumb with all his acting like an adult stuff. I don't care for that. 
I like the guy. Well, he's a nice guy. Don't I, get me wrong. And I think he fits in just perfectly. I'd be happy to have him over for dinner, but, you know, if you cuss somebody out, would you please? Well, he's a nice big guy. I mean, if I get, That's you know, true. too he's stupid and leg. Uh, he toss you over the table. Yeah. He, maybe he's, like, he's that. He's like security. Exactly. We'll around. I think he fits in just perfectly. I don't perfectly. think that has anything to do with anything, so go Obviously ahead. not. So, Justin Forsett, well, then now, with all your Lamar Miller talk, you make your third-round pick. At that point, I've used this phrase a couple times, Rick. I'm committed to the bit. I'm all in. Lamar Miller would be a nice piece. But now, in my mind, and most people don't agree with me, there's a risk with Lamar Miller. He's better than average, but he's on a tier. A tier of running backs I tend to avoid. I want top tier, which I skipped, or then I want to try to find breakout good value. That second tier where there's question marks, where you're looking at average performances, Lamar Miller, at that point, I've taken you know, I've taken Brown, I've taken Hopkins. I'm committed to the bit at this point. I can't think of another way to put it. So I mean, let's do it. You know, it's a flex, it's a three wide receiver league with a flex. Lamar Miller would be a fine piece there, but it's going to be a long time before I come back around. I'm going to load up PPR. I'm going to load up wide receiver value. I believe I went Mike Evans, right? Mike I got Evans. so many drafts spinning yeah. in my head. Mike Evans. Now, a guy, if you want to talk about value, at 3-2 almost is a value. Now, dealing with that hamstring is probably why he fell a little bit. Again, not what I had envisioned. I just worry about rookie quarterback. You're right. Bad team. Right. And I'm not sure in PPR, you know, I mean, we had this conversation probably a month or two ago, that the number of receptions that he, he will get. He was mid-60s last year. Here's my thought process. I agree with the rookie quarterback, but if you look at what he did last season as a rookie – True. With a terrible veteran quarterback, yeah. god awful veteran quarterback on a team that I think was worse last year. I think they take a little step forward, and we'll get to that when we get to my later. I picks. hope so. When we get to my later, yeah, picks, of course. I think, I think the floor for him was his performance last year. I don't know. I don't think his ceiling goes as high as others do when they've been sort of placing him at the tail end of that top tier of receivers, which a lot of guys want to do. I'm not going to make that argument. I don't. I'm not sure how much higher his ceiling is, but I slot him in right about where he finished last. I like year. Mike Evans. You know, so. again, had it to do over again sitting here today. You know, sort of being questioned about it, being on the witness stand. Probably should have gone Lamar Miller there. But, again, I think we know what the title of this episode is going to be. I was yeah. committed to the bit. <laughs> okay. After Mike Evans, Elshon Jeffrey went, Mark Ingram, then Julian Edelman. And then here, here's one that, that got me. I mean, here is a full-fledged believer. Uh, third round, Joseph Randall. Good luck and, with that. That's and, all uh, I, I mean, that, that's a full-fledged believer in, in Joseph Randall and, um, you know, not really. I mean, I mean that that's high. That's a high price. Yeah, way too. But we high. will find out. I'm not touching. Really. Manny Sanders was a 31st pick. Then comes. Frank. How do you feel about him falling the way he's been falling after what he did last year? He seems to be a forgotten man, and I've passed over him a dozen times. Yeah, As I think about it. If if you're looking at last year, when I was looking to take that third wide receiver, it probably should have been Manny Sanders. I, just, yeah. I don't got a great feeling about Denver offense. Peyton Manning scares the hell out of me, and that sounds crazy to say. Yeah, and I have a feeling it probably is going to be crazy with all the, the negative Peyton Manning talk. Yeah, then and he just comes out and does what Peyton Manning does. Exactly. You're probably right. That That's my feeling, and I think Emmanuel Sanders was a good pick there. 32, Frank Gore, and then 33 was uh, Amir Abdullah, which brought me at the 34th pick, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I need a running back. Yeah. You weren't committed to the bit. Um, well, no. I was committed to my team. Yeah. And so I, I went with a running back. Is If I recall, <laughs> you, you were actually predicting that I took Lamar Miller yeah. at that pick. And I actually picked a guy with the exact same initials. But I took Latavius Murray yeah, instead. Yeah, blew me away. So, at well, this I point, that, Lamar Miller's still on the board. Yeah, You're at the end of the third round. I think the ceiling for Latavius Murray is higher. I, I agree. That's I why agree. I took him. This is why I kept skipping Miller. 
when you look at him. Lamar when, Miller reminds me of an Alfred Morris. That's a good. great, a solid player. Of, but he could just go away at times. That's what concerned me about him. There were so many times you'd look up you know, on the red zone and they're doing the crawl at the bottom, and it's the third quarter, and he's got nine carries for 17 yards. And, and at the end, he's almost like a – you know how I used to yell about uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. Right. When it's all said and done, when you look at it, he has 1,000 yards. Right. He got in the end zone six or times. seven, right. eight yeah. times. And it looks great, but just on a game-to-game, game, there's something about him. I agree, Latavius Murray, I think at worst, is Lamar Miller, or the sky's the limit for this kid. Yeah, you got we had rumblings back, in, which was just stupid, but back in early July – that Trent Richardson was looking good and he was going to take over. Now he's going to be working at Home Depot next weekend, so you don't have to worry <laughs> that about was, that. that. He's was, the only game in town. I I agree. In that spot, now because you played the game. You took your two receivers early. Now you're looking for high upside running back. Lamar Miller's solid but not high upside. I like the move of Latavius Murray. And I, and I stuck with my you know, prediction that I wrote for the, the Fantasy Greek Draft Guide as far as an undervalued player, I think Latavius Murray is. And and stated months ago, of course, when I, when I wrote it, you know, Trent Richardson, he's not going to lose anything to Trent Richardson. No. And, of course, didn't. I mean, we've talked about Trent Richardson. He couldn't even find a that, hole. Did you see that video I retweeted? Yeah, it was terrible. No, not of him running. The, the other – was no, it this morning no, or the other morning? Oh, I missed it. I'm sorry. It's so funny. It's security footage. The tweet says, I just retweeted I don't remember who tweeted it out. It doesn't matter. But the tweet said, surveillance footage video of him leaving Raiders camp after he got cut. So they show it. I remember seeing his video somewhere before. So they show this, this guy walking. He goes through a door into a vestibule, and then there's a revolving door. And to the left, there's a glass pane. And this is real video, real footage. And this guy walks out, makes a left, and walks through the pane of glass (laughs) rather than going through the door. And that was – it just cracked me up. you got to see it. It would be a hell of a lot funnier than me explaining it. But you got to check it out. I will, indeed. Okay, so I took Latavius Murray. we got to get rolling here. Then comes Lamar Miller. Jimmy Graham rounds out, what, the third round. And then in the fourth round, we'll get to you here. Alfred Morris, Ben Roethlisberger – so I played the game. I got another receiver. I grabbed Jordan Matthews in the fourth round. Like it. Like it. Okay. Now we're going to run to you. Now you've got to get a running back, right? So, yeah. But Andre Ellington League goes Andre Johnson, Carlos Hyde, Devontae Adams, Golden Tate, Sammy Watkins, and then goes Melvin Gordon. Rick's got to get a uh, running back, correct? <laughs> okay, what did you do, Mr. Flieger? All right, hear, hear me out here. Hey, and I don't mind this pick. I really. had one running back in mind. After I did what I did in the first three rounds, there was obviously your your Millers, your Morrises, your Murrays, those guys that you just hope and pray some goofy quarterback or tight end run breaks out and maybe one of those guys fall to you. But if they don't, there was one more guy I had in mind. I knew he was coming back to me in the fifth round, so I went with the quarterback, Rick. I went with Drew Brees. And for all you yeah. dummies saying that Drew Brees is done, just sit back and watch. He's Drew Brees. He may not be the automatic he was four or five years ago, but I'm going to plug him in with those three wide receivers every week, put my feet up on the table, and just enjoy the quarterback play. And I'm never going to have to think about it except for his bye week. There you go. Nothing nothing else to break it down. It's Drew Brees. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that pick at all. So then Jarvis Landry finishes it off. I'll tell you what, let's just run down. We won't go the whole way through the draft. Let's go and let's finish off your team. Oh, all right. Let's and, go straight and, through. And see how that, that works here. So if I recall next, I'm looking. Now it's got to be running back time. There's a guy I want. You know, I'm 20-some-odd picks away from going again. Rick, I hate to be the guy who buys into the preseason hype, but I am on the muscle hamster train. I am the conductor of the muscle hamster train. When you watch him play, we talked about, I believe it was Teddy Bridgewater last week, just a dude with the it factor. This preseason, and we didn't see it the last two, the kids just got it. 
He's got good vision. He's trucking people. He's running people over. Obviously, I am terrified, terrified about his health. But beyond that, the rookie quarterback, the kid's going to get his opportunities. This is a guy I was targeting hard as a flex. as my number three. So now he's my one. I was looking. I was looking at your top five picks. And look, I mean, you know, I'm not going to bash any of the picks. My biggest concern just looking at that at your top five picks, is you have one Texan who's Brian Hoyer as a quarterback. That's and you a have, fair point. And you have two Buccaneers. Yeah, that's a fair point. That would worry me. Right. I mean, there there's certainly risk-reward in that. But let's run down there. You you bolstered uh, your running backs with Rashad Jennings. I hope he has a good year. God, I own him on every single team. Oh, I know. I, I really, really like that kid. Martellus Bennett, I think that was a good pick in the seventh round. Nice tight end there. Then you went in and uh, David Johnson. You picked him up. Uh, no choice at that point. Marcus Wheaton. Loving that pick. D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, I know. got two weeks there, buddy. Oh. There's my number two running back for two weeks. Give somebody time to go down and for this other list of mediocrity you're about to read off to become a starter. That's the game I played. David Cobb from Tennessee. There we go. Yes, indeed. There's one. And here, here's your future starter, Cameron Artis Payne, after, after Jonathan Stewart goes down sooner We say later. that tongue-in-cheek, but – that was my thought process. Oh, I know. Is I've got D'Angelo Williams as a solid starter for two weeks. So yes. I've got – he's actually my number one running back for two weeks. Definitely. Then when Bell comes back, I am 56% certain that Jonathan Stewart will be out for four to six right. weeks at that point. Artist Payne slides in. Now I'm rolling muscle hamster and Artist Payne. I'm not feeling too bad about my running backs all of a sudden. No. Doriel Green-Beckham yeah, in 13th round. Hey, here's a very sneaky, great value pick. 14th round, Owen Daniels. I liked it. I can put him in a flex. We can tight, play that tight end in the flex. You're right. Tight end, you know, in the Denver offense. I mean, I know I was the one tooting his horn earlier on. You couldn't really buy into him. But in the 14th round, right. you That's, can't beat it. Yeah. Ryan Lott, Cardinals, and Matt Bryant. Yeah, so, cares? Yeah, exactly. So that is a team as I look at it, Rick. I'll give an honest evaluation of it. I'm not going to break it down player by player. I'm going to have to catch some breaks. If things go my way and those three wide receivers perform to near maximum what I can expect of them and what most people expect of them, that's a team – how many preseason games we play? 13? Way too many. That's a team that could go 9-4 and four or 4-9. Four and nine. Quite honestly, that's what it comes. If one of those receivers oh, go regular down, regular season games of fantasy, yeah, thirteen. Right, yes, yeah. one of those receivers go down, I'm boned. I, I'm in big trouble. Doug Martin doesn't work out. I'm in big trouble. Somebody, one John, of the Jonathan Stewart stays healthy. You're in trouble. Now that I'm not worried about. <laughs> that I'm not concerned about. What I need is those guys to perform and one of these running backs to step up. Did I pick one of the right ones in the gamble in this no running back strategy that's become the sexy thing? Usually I think you end up with a more solid core of wide receivers like yours. You know, I'd take yours in a heartbeat right now with Bryant Johnson and Jordan Matthews and then slide a Latavius Murray in there, but we'll let you break that down. So I actually feel good about it, but it's a knee knocker, buddy. <laughs> I've never drafted this way. I think most people listening are going to tweet us at Asylum Football, call me an a-hole, say they're never going to listen again. How can you draft this way? It's an experiment. Like I told you before the draft started, when I committed to the bit, like I told everybody as I was being mocked during the draft, it's a season, buddy. we got three hours to fill. So exactly. we didn't come to talk about it. So it's a shot. I've never tried it before. I've studied it. I've read up on it. I wish my receiver core had been better or at least more locked down like yours. There's no question what you're going to get out of your your receivers. Sky's the limit for all three of those guys for me, but I think there is concerns of a floor with Evans and Hopkins. I agree with your point, the Houston offense, the Tampa offense. That, that makes your knees knock a little bit. So my prediction is 9-4 and four or 4-9 four and nine or anywhere in between. There's my prediction. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense. There's no question. I mean, there's a lot of – 
uh, risk or reward that lineup. But um, the now, fortunately, I'm in a chode of a division, so well, that helps a little bit too. <laughs> we won't go there. Okay. Now break yours down, Rick, because begrudgingly at the draft and here, you drafted the best team in the league, which means paper. I'm going to win about three games. You've done it twice, yeah. and both times were the only years you haven't made the playoffs. Where right. You've walked away, and we've all said, damn, Rick got it. <laughs> but anyway, I go Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson, Latavius Murray, and then Jordan Matthews. So in the fifth round, this is where I wasn't real sure. I wanted to get a running back that I felt confident that I could start as an RB2. And to me, T.J. Eldon was the best guy out there. And I'm a little dubious on him. Don't know a lot about him. Yeah, but Jacksonville's improving, so he, he's going to be the starter. I, I know he is. You know, I'm not worried about Denard Robinson taking carries from him, and I just hope he stays healthy. But in that vein, going into the sixth round, I figured I better get another running back. And lo and behold, Giovanni Bernard was still yeah, there. What a great, great fall there and i like yeah i mean i like that pick that was five picks later so i picked geo bernard i figured okay no problem here this goes all the way back up to to pick 82 and i'm basically trying to fill in best player available and lo and behold there's your boy my hey, boy Ronnie boy. white's there your boy he gotta yeah. have you over to dinner man you have been beating that drum forever and i'll, I'll take Roddy white in the seventh round all day long and then uh Eighth round, I figured it's time for quarterback. I pick up Tony Romo. Ninth round, I kind of threw in another running back, Darren McFadden. I've never bought into D-Mac. I'm still not really buying into him, but the potential's there. Bit of a gamble at tight end. I threw out and I went Josh Hill, New Orleans tight end, filling in for Jimmy Graham. I think the potential's there. Another guy that I wrote about earlier on in the fantasy Greek draft guide, Terrence William. I got in the 11th, uh, 11th round. This is a guy I was targeting here, and I own a lot of Terrence Williams. Where For whatever reason, he's free the guy this year. Is I don't understand burner. it. He's I mean, a number say, two guy in a great offense. Exactly. A great offense. Exactly. And the fact that I have Romo, Bryant, Williams doesn't really hurt my feelings you know, all that much. So. Right. And so then I bolted, I got a second-string quarterback. As you know, I like to have a second string just about every position. Teddy Bridgewater, and I picked up Mass, Matt Osiata, Zach Ertz, Denver, and Stephen Hoshka. Hey, love it, Rick. I, I got to tell you, you know, that top end. I like the team. I really do. top end especially. Look, I consider here, – here's how I break yours down. As I look at it, I got a slide bag. That's why it didn't look right. You got two number one receivers. You got two guys I have as number one, as top tier. You got a guy in Murray, I consider a two. You got a guy in Bernard in a PPR format, Rick, that I consider a two. Most people don't agree with me, but I consider Bernard a two. So you got your two two ones and a two at receiver and two twos at running back. That's a solid five right there. Yeah. That's a really solid five. That's what I like about it which is sort of what I was trying to go for. I, I don't think I got there when I look at mine. You know, Brown's clearly a one. Hopkins and Evans are twos, I think. So I got ones and twos. Right. I'm hoping Hopkins can climb up to the one role. That, that he's, he was always sort of the hinge between the ones and the twos as I'm doing my, my tiers. So in this case, I made the decision, so I'm hoping he comes up to a two. Yeah, I got a one quarterback. We're not going to talk about that. Then I have, you know, a two and some threes at running back. So mine didn't pan out. Yours panned out, I think, exactly what you're looking for if you're going to go back-to-back wide receivers to start. Yeah, and I think, um, I think to be, to be honest with you, all, Antonio Brown, great pick. But I tell you what, if you're going that strategy, I really think the end of the first round is where you need to, That's where it needs to, read be. to be implemented, you not at the beginning. You can't do it from the top. Yeah. I mean, it's a little exercise, and of course, I didn't go three in a row. I went three out of the top four, right? Which I thought was okay, but I tell you what, I, if I'm at two, whoever it may be—Peterson, Charles, Bell, Lazy—they're not getting by me, right? Simple as that. I mean, I just can't. As much as I love Antonio Bryant, it's just too long of a wait for any of that type of 
talent to get to you. Oh, you're giving up all of it if you do right. that. Right. And I knew that going in. I know. And it, I, was, it was just fun to, but to, I think to experiment. It, I think it proved, and that's what it was. You know, you hate to do it in the in the league of consequence, but fortunately, it's basically the last draft we do. You say for this one, I just did, but but it's the last major draft I'm involved in. So I used it as an experiment. I'm not making excuses here. I'm standing behind this team. I'm, I'm comfortable. Well, I'm not comfortable with it. I like it. I'm but uncomfortable with oh, it. Oh yeah. But I think it proved that we'll see what the results bear out. We'll talk about this as the year goes on, and we'll certainly explore it at the end of the year. But at first blush, without knowing anything, without having played a snap yet, that's a move better served. I don't think we're breaking new ground here. Better served for the end. But I would almost argue if I had to gun to my head now pick, we can say almost unequivocally it doesn't work early. Right. I think everybody knows it works late. I think they know I don't I think anybody random jerk off the street would tell you that. The question for me was what's it look like if you do it early? I guess time will tell. Right now, it worked better for you at 10 than it did for me at 2. We we can certainly agree on that as of right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. But, you know, we're about out of time and um you remember Lawrence Phillips, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. And of course, you, I, I don't know if you knew he was in prison. Well, I assumed as much. He yeah. was in prison. He has now been charged in the murder of his cellmate. No. Yes. Not Lawrence Phillips. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. What a waste of talent that is. That kid could play some ball. Yeah. It's just, it's just a shame. You look at guys like Lawrence Phillips, and of course, Ryan Leaf is another poster child of, of that ilk. And it's just, it's a shame. And you know, it just Ryan Leaf in jail. Pardon me? Wasn't Ryan Leaf in jail He now? was. I'm not sure if he's out or yeah, not. Yeah, he's been in trouble with the law. Right. Wasn't he messing with one of them hedge funds or something, wasn't he? I don't oh, understand. He's breaking that. and entering and all oh, kinds of things. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. I thought he was uh, white-collar scamming. I didn't know he was doing the, the cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he was doing the real cool oh, stuff. Well, good for him, I guess. If you're going to do it, <laughs> yeah. do it right. Well, we got we got about four minutes, so let's just do some house cleaning, Rick, and we'll get out of here. We still got to record the Fantasy Sports Network show today, so once again, sorry uh, we couldn't get out there live. It's uh, a lot going on, a lot going on here, a lot of technical issues. Uh, blow it out your ass, blog talk. That's about all I can say there, Rick. We will be a week from Sunday. The Inside Slant will be back ten o'clock Eastern, hopefully on Blog Talk Radio. Call in. You can submit your lineups via e- the email addresses Rick's always spouting off. Of course, at Asylum Football, or you can call in to talk to us. Looking forward to week one, Rick. We haven't heard from Jersey in a while, and I'm hoping we Jersey in the house gives us a call there first thing Sunday morning. Yes, indeed. Or a week from Sunday, I guess. And, um, yeah, I'd like to just keep keep us all abreast of current happenings here. And, uh, you know, Ryan Clark, did you hear the quote that he made? No. You know, the 13-year veteran. He just yeah. Guy I respect. Yeah. ESPN guy now, right? Yes, indeed. Trent Richardson is the worst running back of all time. <laughs> that was a direct quote from uh, Ryan Clark. I take his word for it. Looked so of good all time. That, so good that rookie year. Yeah. I mean, I think if you factor in hype, you could make a pretty good argument for it. Yeah, pedigree, hype. Problem is, he did it for one year. There's a lot of guys who never did it. So I don't know about worst of all time. Yeah, that's... We'll, we'll put him in the top twenty-five percent, though. I think you can make that argument. Oh, no easy. doubt about that. So uh, keep uh, keep up with us uh, at Asi- or at Asi- Well, yeah, you can keep up with us at Asylum Football at AsylumFantasySports.com. The network rolls on. Still have uh, now it's the Fantasy Sports Roundtable Monday night with Chris Heil, one uh, of Jersey Gen uh, FF Degenerate and boy Degenerates it's, right. You, something you follow wrong. on Twitter. I, I s- <laughs> those MFL tens must be like crack, man. Yeah, they must. Be. There's a few and folks on Twitter. That's just all they do. I think all, she right? has Bishop Sankey about fifteen times. Well, at least you call her out every time. Every she time does, I it, see it, I, I call her out on it, but uh, and she just laughs. I mean, you yeah. know. <laughs> so uh, we will have a, sh- a new show on Tuesdays. Our buddies uh, Ty Miller at Ty and STL on Twitter and Scott Fish. 
Unfortunately, I'm blanking on the name of it, Rig. I, I've been so wrapped up here. I believe it's well, you the know Bull what Rush I've been group. doing, so I haven't been paying attention. Yeah, I believe anything. it's the Bull Rush podcast, if I'm not mistaken. But it, it's a brand new show, two episodes in. I actually have an episode to post. It will be up on the site tonight. I believe it's going to run Tuesday. Scott and I are still going back and forth on that in terms of when they're going to record. But great stuff. You've heard Scott here on our show. You hear him on the Slant every Sunday. Great insight, great guy. Ty, another another great guy, a guy we've been friends with for a long time. We will be rolling Wednesdays. We're we getting a lot of dynasty talk with these guys, that's for sure. A lot yeah. of insight that way. Yeah, no doubt. We still have the, the FF Consistency Show on Thursday night with our boy Bob Long. Bob Long now a fantasy, basically owns Fantasy Sports Warehouse, I think. They're flying them to Jersey and all kind of cool stuff. So, so good for Bob there. He's going to continue to do uh, his show. Uh, hey, if you want to do a show, you consider yourself, uh, you want to try this out, we got a couple openings for you. Shoot us uh, shoot us an email or hit us up at Asylum Football. We'll uh, send us what you got. We'll take a listen. And uh, we, we got a couple yeah. days open. And then on Sundays, Rick, oh, we have, uh, don't forget, uh, the Mad Scientist. Yeah, playing. Nick Vicarelli. Yeah, he'll be up. Uh, we're going to have to see where to work him in because with us doing the uh, – I'm probably going to plug him in Saturday. Yeah. You know, do it retroactively. So exactly. it'll be up on the site. I don't think there will be a live platform for, for his show, but you can certainly catch it on our website, AsylumFantasySports.com. And my favorite show, Rick, I love it during the season. The slant starts uh, a week from Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern. So don't check that Hard out. Hard to believe, I tell you. There's no question about that. You know, check uh, you know, Rick and I out. We're on Fantasy Pros. I'm – you know, you'll see some of my updates, fantasy pros on for the Pittsburgh Pirates and um, also for the New York Jets yeah. and Rick's for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. You can find so Working our way up in fantasy pros. Yeah. But we appreciate the opportunity. Check it out, fantasypros.com. Well, that's it. We will be back next week. Wick, we'll be previewing games next week on Unbelievable. The next Wednesday, so check that out. We'll do a full uh, – fantasy breakdown of the Steelers Patriots hopefully we got this damn Tom Brady question answered by then we'll give you starts and sits Rick for week one coming up next week can't wait on that so join us we'll see you take care Yeah.